This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it says, Indeed, the Word of God is living and effective, sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating even between soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and able to discern reflections and thoughts of the heart. Yes, the Word of God is living and effective today in my life and in yours. And that's the very reason why I'm offering this weekly podcast where I reflect upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. So now, please join me on Faith Moments with Dina Marie as we break open the Word of God together, inviting His Word to change our lives forever. Greetings. This is Dina Marie of Faith Moments. Welcome to another episode of Faith Moments. I greet those of you listening on the Hail Mary Media app. It's great to have you with us, and it's great to have you, those of you who might be viewing on YouTube today and on the Faith Moments channel. This is a weekly podcast that I proclaim, and together we ponder our Sunday Mass readings. And as you know, we are right in the beginning of the Lenten season, and so we are on the second Sunday in Lent. We've turned the calendar into the month of March, March 5th today in cycle A. And so this is a beautiful time to hear the word of God. I've got my booklet here, The Word Among Us, which is for the whole Lenten season. And as I do so often, I want to encourage you A lot of times during this time of the year, churches make available for you copies of something like the Word Among Us, the Daily Bread. It's a daily missile, so to speak. So you have the readings of the day. You have some reflections, you have the antiphons, you have the prayers. It's just a beautiful resource. And I write in these, I highlight these, I bring these to mass, I bring these in adoration. These are just beautiful resources. I hope that you subscribe to one of these resources that speaks to you. They're really important aids as we get closer and closer in in touch with the word of God. And that's what this is really all about is to really listen, to read, to proclaim, to follow the word of God. So let's begin on this second Sunday of Lent. I want to open with the collect that you'll hear the priest pray at the beginning of mass. So let us pray. O God, who have commanded us to listen to your beloved son, be pleased, we pray, to nourish us inwardly by your word, that with spiritual sight made pure, we may rejoice to behold your glory. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. And, you know, in this collect and in many collects, not always, but in this prayer, we're hearing a few things. We're hearing about your word. We want to nourish us inwardly by your word. So there's this invitation for us to be nourished by the word of God. Man cannot live by bread alone. We heard that last week in the temptations in the desert. And there's this beautiful phrase, we may rejoice to behold your glory. 
Well, on the second Sunday of Lent, every second Sunday of Lent, we hear an account of the transfiguration of the Lord. So there's just these beautiful reflections that these prayers bring to light uh, the movement of Christ in his church, the, the movement of the story of the manifestation of Christ. We, we start with the Advent season. We go into the season of Christmas, and now we're entering into Christ's public ministry, which will lead us into his passion, his death, and then into the next season, which is his glorious resurrection. So let us begin. We're going back to the book of Genesis in a lot of these readings through Lent. And so let us begin with this first reading from Genesis chapter 12. The Lord said to Abram, go forth from the land of your kinsfolk and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. All the communities of the earth shall find blessing in you. Abram went as the Lord directed him. The word of the Lord. Our responsorial psalm comes from Psalm 33. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. Upright is the word of the Lord, and all his works are trustworthy. He loves justice and right. Of the kindness of the Lord, the earth is full. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. See, the eyes of the Lord are upon those who fear him upon those who hope for his kindness to deliver them from death and preserve them in spite of famine. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. Our soul waits for the Lord, who is our help and our shield. May your kindness, O Lord, be upon us, who have put our hope in you. Lord, let your mercy be on us as we place our trust in you. Our second reading is the second letter of Timothy, chapter 1. Beloved, bear your share of hardship for the gospel with the strength that comes from God. He has saved us and called us to a holy life, not according to our works, but according to his own design and the grace bestowed on us in Christ Jesus before time began, but now made manifest through the appearance of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who destroyed death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. The word of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. From the shining cloud, the Father's voice is heard. This is my beloved Son. Listen to him. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ, King of endless glory. Our gospel reading for the second Sunday in Lent comes from Matthew chapter 17. Jesus took Peter 
James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became white as light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, conversing with him. Then Peter said to Jesus in reply, Lord, it is good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud cast a shadow over them. Then from the cloud came a voice that said, This is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell prostrate and were very much afraid. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Rise and do not be afraid. And when the disciples raised their eyes, they saw no one else but Jesus alone. As they were coming down from the mountain, Jesus charged them, Do not tell the vision to anyone until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Beautiful stories, uh, really the story of our own salvation. And it all begins with Abram. It become it begins with Abram, who eventually we call Abraham. Uh, it started with a call to Abram. And I, I titled this program, Gazing on Glory. And really, when we look at it, if we if you think about this uh, story of Abram and the story of the transfiguration, in both situations, they are gazing on the glory of God. There's this encounter from man to his creator and a, and a recognition and, 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 and maybe they don't realize, but there's this seeing, this witnessing, this manifest manifestation of God making his presence known at this time, in this place, with these people. So it begins with the invitation of Abram to follow God. And Abram didn't know who God was. And, and yet we talk about the faith of our fathers. And here is the faith of a man of Abram who trusts, who hopes, who rests in the invitation of God, who he doesn't know, and yet he follows anyway. He follows with a faith and a trust that is incredible. The, the Lord said to Abram, go forth. The Lord is really asking Abram to just leave everything, um, leave what he knows, his land, his kinsfolk, everything, and just go to where I show you. I'm not going to give you a map. I'm not going to tell you where this land is yet, but I'm going to ask for your willingness to follow even when you don't know the next step. That's frightening. That, that could be frightening. That can be invigorating. And, and the Lord makes these promises, these promises to make Abram a great nation, full of blessings, to make his name great, that he will be a blessing. And he'll bless those 
who Abram blesses, and he'll curse Abram's enemies, and that the communities will find blessing in Abram through Abram's God. And it simply says, Abram went as the Lord directed. You know, with such faith and such trust, even what he didn't understand, and in doing something quite radical of picking up and taking all of these uh, caravans of animals and the family and the belongings. But Abram went. And I guess in this first situation, it's, you know, are we willing to go? Are we willing to just simply go God's way and follow the Lord. The responsorial psalm really picks it up as they say, Lord, let your mercy be on us. How? As we place our trust in you. That as we place our trust in you, as we go, as Abram went, God's mercy will be on us. And that God gives us promises when we follow him. And God is calling Abram to go away from his comfort zone, to go away from what he has planned. Abram probably had plans of his future and his family's future and his great, great, great grandchildren's future and what that would look like. He had it planned out as we many times do. We have the way our careers our families, our marriages. I want to do this kind of traveling. I want to have this kind of a car. I want to live in this kind of a neighborhood. I want my kids to go this kind of a school and have this type of an experience. And I want my great-grandchildren to have the, whoa, God is just asking us to go forth and to follow him. And as we place our trust in the Lord, the Psalm says, God's mercy will be on us. May your kindness, O Lord, be upon us who have put our hope in you. That's the invitation. Do we put all our trust in the Lord like Abram did? Or do we put some of our trust in ourselves? Will, will my wisdom and my abilities and my knowledge and maybe my connections, maybe the my business, maybe my association will get me certain things, you know, my 401k plan or my investments or my um, stockbrokers or my partners? Are we trusting in those otherworldly things or are we willing to put all our cards down and to put our trust in the Lord? That's a big question. I'm going to jump to the gospel, and I, I want to pull out a couple of readings that I came upon in, um, I, you know, I love free things. There was a, a pack of books somewhere in one of the churches I was at, you know, and sometimes libraries, they just have too much and they start giving things away. And so here are all these Bible commentaries. And this one's on the Gospel of Matthew, which we're reading right now. And so what's beautiful about this, it makes it easy, is that it has the biblical text on the top of the page. And then on the bottom of the page, it goes paragraph by paragraph and sometimes verse by verse on just some commentary on what's going on in the reading. So you can read a section 
And then you can read the commentary. And I just thought it was interesting as it talks about in chapter uh, chapter 16, which is the chapter before the transfiguration, Jesus is making his prediction of the passion to the disciples. And so Jesus is starting to show, it says right here, Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and must suffer greatly from the elders, the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And we know that Jesus over time with his disciples keeps reiterating this message. He's trying to get them ready. He's trying to get them to understand that there will be a sacrifice. There is going to be a passion. There is going to be a raising in three days and there is going to be this killing. And before this chapter 17, right before it, Peter says, as he hears this prediction of the passion and think about, we just last week had um, Jesus in the desert for 40 days, 40 nights fasting. Then he encounters the devil who gives him these three temptations. And Jesus says, you know, get away from, get away, Satan, recognizing he is the tempter and he's trying to stop Jesus from fulfilling his mission of making the ultimate sacrifice to, for salvation of all souls. So at any cost, Satan wants to thwart Jesus's mission, which is the cross. We can't prevent the cross. The cross is what gives us eternal life through the total sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so here Peter is saying, Peter took Jesus aside and said, God forbid, Lord, he doesn't want that to happen, that his friend, his master would be killed. And what does Jesus say to his friend, Peter, get behind me, Satan. Peter is thinking with human thoughts, with a human plan. He's not knowing God's plan that requires the sacrifice. And Jesus even says, you are thinking not as God does, but as human beings do. Whoever wishes to come after me, Jesus says, must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. So this is the context that leads us into the transfiguration of Jesus, which we get today. And Jesus goes on to say, whoever wishes to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And then what we didn't hear in today's reading, but it's just a few letters before the scripture here in chapter 17, verse one, it says, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James and John, his brother and led them up to a high mountain. It's not included in the text that we read in the mass, but there were six days time that led to this experience as Matthew accounts it. And in those six days time, Peter, James, and John, and the other disciples are hearing about this passion. They're hearing about this killing. And on the third day, this raising, and Peter has this account of wanting that to stop, doesn't want that mission to be accomplished. He wants his own safe mission, right? And so he says, no, Lord. And so in that context, Peter is going in 
to a deeper training with the Lord. You know, this is a time for the Lord to take three of his most closest disciples. And what we know is those disciples not only will be there at the transfiguration, we'll see them in the garden of Gethsemane. Unfortunately, we'll see them falling asleep, but Jesus is entrusting can you imagine you're looking for your president, your vice president and your um, CFO or what have you and a treasurer, you know, like the top people of your business and you want to pick these people. And yet these people have failed you. They've fallen asleep. You know, they've, they've turned away. They've said, no, not your mission. Um, but Jesus is interesting. The future of Christianity to Peter, James and John and ultimately the rest of the key disciples to become the bishops and, and really the, the leaders in the church. But he takes these three men, takes them to his closest heart. And what happens is so amazing. If you think about it, it's a manifestation of the divinity of Jesus. You know, the men here, Peter, James, and John, you know, they're just average fishermen. They've been working hard their whole life. Up till now, they, they, they haven't met a person like Jesus, right? And then they meet this Jesus, but they see the humanity of Jesus. They see that Jesus gets dirty. They see that Jesus gets tired. They see that Jesus maybe gets hungry. They see that Jesus maybe gets upset when um, they're not, you know, he turns over the tables in the temple. Um, they see the humanity of Jesus. And yet they also witness the miracles, the wine has become wine from water at the wedding feast of Cana. They, they see people being healed. They see demons being expelled from people. This is radical. We've never witnessed this type of a person, but this type of a person is the second person of the Trinity. He's truly fully divine and truly fully human. He has the human feelings, the senses that we all do, Jesus does. And yet he has full divinity. And it's that divinity that is revealed in, in seeing Elijah, seeing Moses, seeing this experience that the three disciples would have seen. And then at a moment, it ends. But before that moment ends, what I think is beautiful is that they hear the voice of God. And we just when we heard about the baptism of the Lord that was just celebrated at the close of the Christmas season, the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan, we hear the voice of God, you know, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Well, this is what we have here. This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Peter, James, and John heard that. They witnessed that. They saw this glorification. They saw the glory they gazed on glory. Just as Abram heard the word of God, heard the invitation and the call, and he accepted the call, not knowing the consequences, not knowing how to go forward, not having a blueprint, but Abram trusted. He had a faith. A faith was given to him. And he used that faith through his own will to say, I will choose to follow the Lord. I will choose to follow this voice. I can't even see him. Now, 
Peter, James, and John could see Jesus. But they also, in this moment, it's like Jesus gave them a special gift. I'm going to show you a little bit of my glory, a little bit of the divinity, a little bit of the reality of who I am. Because at the resurrection, you're going to need this moment. You're going to need to remember this moment. I want you to keep this moment in your heart. You know, there's some moments, holy, reverent moments. It's an encounter with a person. Maybe it's at a funeral. It's at a birth. It's at a baptism where you have a moment that's a powerful moment that you're going need to need to keep for down the road, things are going to get rough. Things are going to get hard and you might question, but you go back to the moment. It's like that moment of marriage for husbands and wives. You, you remember that moment when you first fell in love and, and then you go through the difficulties of life, of family life, raising children, all of the things. But you have to go back to the moment, that moment initially where God put you together. He ordained that, that time and said, I want this to be a forever relationship so you can experience more of who I am, of the love that I want. And the more you love me, the more you love your spouse, the more you'll grow in holiness. So we need to go back to those moments. And Peter, James, and John were given a gift of gazing on the glory of God so that when, when, when Jesus says, you know, keep this, as they were coming down, do not tell the vision until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Keep this, men. Keep this because you will need it and it will comfort you. It will anoint you. It will give you the courage you need to continue my mission. My father's mission must continue, but it will lead Jesus to the cross. It will lead Peter down in repentance for the three times he denied him, but it will lead those disciples off to far off lands to proclaim Christ crucified and the risen and resurrected Lord, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Beautiful things for us to contemplate as we come into this Lenten season and walk with Jesus in the desert. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Have a blessed Lenten season. God be with you each and every day. I look forward to talking with you again next week. You have been listening to Faith Moments with Dina Marie, reflections upon the liturgical scripture readings for the Sunday Mass. New podcast episodes are released weekly through the generous support of Mater Dei Radio. To learn more about Faith Moments with Dina Marie, visit me online at dinamarie.org. That's dinamarie.org. May you have a blessed week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.